What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Jared Berman Show. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. We have a lot planned. I'm so excited for the future of this show with in regards to the visuals. I think it's going to get a lot, a lot better as we continue to progress. And without further ado, roll the intro music. Okay, we don't have a video yet, but the music is there. And then I'm going to film a crazy, it's going to be so fire, but roll the music. Y'all cannot tell me that that music is not fire. I have, I love it. I fell in love immediately. I listened to it. And I've listened to a lot of different musics for background. And this is not going to be one of those background musics where the entire podcast, it has this specific background, this music that you guys just heard behind it. But for the intro music and the video, I think it's going to fit very, very well. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to overall improve the visual aspect and really make this feel like a show for you guys rather than it just be... It's, it's just basic and the colors, everything, it just looked bland. I want to improve that a lot as we head, um, as we charge actually into the regular season. We're at like less than a month away from spring trading starting. I'm so, so excited for baseball to start. So we have a lot to talk about in today's podcast. The Orioles got Corbin Burns. We're going to talk about that trade in full detail. Talk about the package that the Brewers got back and how I feel overall for both sides in this trade. Then we're going to talk about MLB Network to air college softball. Talk about that. We have a lot of other um, TV. We're going to do an MLB Reddit section where I, I went on Reddit and I got some questions. It's going to be super, super cool. Uh, we talk about some other moves. The Mariners acquired Gregory Santos, a very intriguing deal. And I actually really like it for both sides uh, from the Chicago White Sox. Wandy Peralta goes to the Padres. Dodgers Fest happened. And we're going to talk about all the quotes, all everything that happened at Dodgers Fest. And then we have the question of the day at the end of the show, man. Leave a like, subscribe. That was a longer intro. And I'm, again, I feel like I've been doing a lot longer intros. Right, let, let, let's just hop straight into it. So Corbin Burns, put up the graphic right now. We're going to get more graphics in the in this podcast, in this show. So the, the Baltimore Orioles acquired Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers in a blockbuster deal. I really feel like it, it wasn't really rumored to happen, especially at this moment. Um, Brewers, get back D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz back from the Baltimore Orioles. Let's talk about this trade. So um, I, I made an instant reaction, and it really wasn't – I didn't have many notes and thoughts about it, but I've been thinking about this trade a lot, and it's it's very intriguing. So the Brewers is a very – I mean, you could, you could go both sides, but the Orioles get the best player, obviously, Corbin Burns, and I love it so much. It's such a perfect fit for Baltimore. It really is. This is a move that needed to be made. Corbin Burns – I, I honestly think in a lot of ways is underrated by people. He he's pitched over 170 innings for the past three years. Last year, pitching 193 innings. And it was a quote-unquote down year for Corbin Burns, but he still had a 3-4 ERA and, again, 190 innings. The, the quality of pitcher that Corbin Burns is going to be and he's going to bring to this Orioles rotation and team is, is monumental. He is going to significantly, drastically change this team's outlook, in my opinion, um, for the playoffs. It really will. I mean, the regular season, they won 101 games last year. Uh, Jackson Holiday's potentially going to be coming up. The young guys, Gunner, Adley, their, their team is loaded, top to bottom position players. Um, their bullpen is loaded, top to bottom. But they needed an ace. Their, their starting rotation did not have a lot of guys. Obviously, Grayson Rodriguez, you're hoping he can progress. And I expect him to be a lot better, a lot better than he was in his rookie season. You have Kyle Bradish, Dean Creamer, Tyler Wells, John Means coming back from injury. But getting Corbin Burns in 
again, like it's Corbin Burns. He's a legit ace. And it's something that they did not have. And it, and it cost them in the Texas Rangers series. When I look at this team now in a playoff series with Corbin Burns, Bradish, potentially Rodriguez. Um, and again, the guys I mentioned before, they have depth to the rotation. I think six legit starters when they're healthy and they have the top end talent of Burns and Bradish and Rodriguez, where I think all three of those guys can be legit, like number two, number one starters. Um, and, and some of the best starters in baseball when they're healthy and on. So this, this team, it's such a perfect trade. And they did not have to give up a lot to get Corbin Burns, who is on the last year of his deal. I want to preface that. He's 29 years old. And I just, again, I just think it's the perfect time to trade for him. I'm so happy for the Orioles front office. They actually just sold um, their team. I don't even know who their owner, I forgot who their owner was, but they sold their team, the Orioles. But um, I, I just love it, man. I love it. This team was so, so fun to watch last year. And one of the best young teams and, and future-wise, they're, they're, they're just such a loaded team top to bottom. And I'm excited to see this team really, like, be the most exciting team. And we're going to see so many young – I mean, like, like Orioles, the most – such a fun team to watch. The Dodgers, going to be an electric team to watch. Um, the Yankees are going to be a fun team to watch with Soto and Judge. Um, the Braves are so fun. The Phillies are fun. We have so many fun teams. Also, the Mariners. The Mariners have been making moves, man. We'll talk about Gregory Santos later in this podcast, man. But the Milwaukee Brewers getting back D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz in this deal. Um, at, at first, I'm like, what are we doing, Baltimore? I mean, in Milwaukee, sorry. Like, like, why are you trading Corbin Burns and you're getting D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz back in the deal? Only two players back for Corbin Burns, again, in my opinion, the top five starter in the game i think next year actually it, it depends i actually no i'm gonna i'm gonna just say it. i i really think corbin burns is a top five starter in the entire game and dl hall and jory ortiz and the orioles have obviously the best farm system in baseball that's all you're getting you're not getting three or four guys of legit quality minor leaguers you can build but i actually kind of like the package that they did get now it's really going to depend how they utilize dl hall um, in Fangraphs, they project D.L. Hall to actually start games, which I'm assuming that the, the Brewers, him being only 25 years old, and the potential that he did show last year in the back end of the bullpen for the Orioles, I, I think he 100% has the, um, the the arsenal to be a religious starter. He was drafted to be a starter, and he's still only 25 years old. So I, I think D.L. Hall potentially could be a starter this year. And then Joey Ortiz, um, a 25-year-old outfielder who – I'm sorry, a third baseman and second baseman, he's going to come in there and most likely be their starting third baseman. Um, if not at spring training, it's going to be in the first few months. He's probably going to take over that starting third baseman job. So they're getting two guys that are immediately going to come in there and be good guys and and, and depth pieces on your, on your team right now. So it's one of these Brewers retools where they get rid of Corbin Burns, but they get a younger starter back that they really like and they think they can utilize in D.L. Hall. And then they get a third baseman in Joey Ortiz, who was really, really good last year. Really good. So I feel like you could have gotten more. I do. But I do really like Joey Ortiz. I love his swing. I just like watching him. And I'm excited to see um, how the Brewers will utilize him and how he'll play uh, in the big lease for a consistent time period. And D.L. Hall, I saw last year, I was going to put him in my MLB underrated players going into next year list and i just love dl hall as a pitcher i really really do so um i'm excited to see other breweries utilize him and again um they they get guys that are gonna be quality players right now and they're still young and you can project them for the next three four years um and mold them into the players that you want so 
Um, again, I thought they could have gotten more, specifically in the starters-wise. Now, again, D.L. Hall is going to be a starter, but this starting rotation, if they do not make another move, which I think they potentially could, um, I'm not going to lie. I, I just thought of this at this very moment. Brewers, go, get, go out there and get Jordan Montgomery. Go out there and get Jordan Montgomery and make a move, man. That would be perfect. But this rotation, um, now it's only got Freddie Peralta. <laughs> that Freddie Peralta and Wade Miley. Wade Miley is their number two starting. They have the few young guys. Um, but Wade Miley's their second starter. So it's not a good rotation. They have also Colin Ray. Um, Colin, Colin Ray, I hate him. I, I'm going to be, I, I hate Colin Ray for some reason. But um, yeah, so um, it, I, from the Orioles perspective, such a great trade. Really just such a great trade. Um, Joey Ortiz was a guy, I, I was watching Joey Ortiz highlights um, after he got traded. And one of the comments, okay, this is two months ago. This guy commented. I, I actually, I probably should give him a shout out, but I'm not going to give him a shout out. Um, he predicted Joey Ortiz is a really great player. He deserves to have a big league shot. It's just that the Orioles have so much depth at the infield position with Gunnar Henderson, uh, Jackson Holiday, Jordan Westberg, uh, Ryan Mountcastle, and they also have a, a farm system, a prospect coming up who's going to project to be a really great first baseman. And they don't need Joey Ortiz. You have to trade him. Uh, he's an expendable piece and go out there and get a top-line starter. And again, this was two months ago. And exactly what he said happened. Now, I know you could pretty much predict that i mean joey ortiz uh again the, the orioles have a lot of infielders you could project that it's exactly what they need but for it to exactly go down as he said it um i was reading it and i'm like what the fuck did this I, i'm like is this edited this comment but no it was not edited i mean shout out to him bro. that was a really great prediction but uh yeah man shout out to the orioles really great chain i'm so excited to see corbin burns in a baltimore Orioles uniform and i think he could go back and I actually, I want to say this, man, because I was thinking about, I, I obviously writing down notes for this podcast. I want to say this. I think Corbin Burns has a legit shot. And I'm not going to lie to you. I think I might pick Corbin Burns to be my 2024 ALS Young winner. I, I really do. I think he's got a legit shot at winning it. And um, yeah, so shout out to the Orioles, man. Great trade. And we'll see how it turns out for the Milwaukee Brewers. So um, MLB Network is going to air college softball games. College softball is going to MLB Network. Now, it's actually starting soon, which I'm super, super excited for. Um, uh, It's February 4th right now. And the games, I think there's a game going to be on February 10th live on MLB Network. This is the first time that college softball has ever been on MLB, MLB Network. And um, I'm not going to lie to you. Man, this probably is a contra. No, this is 100% a controversial take. Not a lot of people are going to agree with me. So I might get some dislikes. I might get some hate. And I'm okay. I'm just speaking my opinion. You can have your opinion. It's purely just my opinion. And it's just it, I, I, it's just my brain. I just like it. So college softball, in my opinion, I enjoy watching college softball more than college baseball. I know that's going to be very controversial. Very controversial. College softball, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated things of all time. It is so fun, college softball. And I'm not a guy who's like, um, I, I don't want to talk about the WNBA, but look at a lot of people. There's some people that do defend the WNBA and I'm not going to lie to you. The WNBA is it fine. Yes, but I would much rather watch college, but I would much rather watch in my opinion, men's rather than the women's game, just because it's at a higher level, but college softball compared to college baseball, college softball is electric, straight up electric. It is so fun. It's just a condensed game, intense atmosphere. Um, it's just so fun, in my opinion. It really is. I love watching it every single time I watch it. It's always a great game. I love it. It's it's really, in my opinion, um, a lot of people say softball is a lot easier than baseball. And in my opinion, hitting, yes, I do think hitting is obviously easier in softball 
than it is, especially at a higher level in baseball. But pitching in softball, people don't realize how fucking hard, like genuinely try to, to pitch underhand that fat. They're pitching 70 miles an hour, 65. They got rise balls. They got cur I mean, it's crazy, bro. And I love college softball. So I'm so happy that MLB Network is going to be airing it. I really, really am. Um, and I'm excited to watch it, man. Hopefully you guys can watch it. If you're a baseball fan, obviously you're watching this. Like, give college softball a chance. It's so, so electric. And again, man, I'm not a massive fan of college baseball. I'm just not. And I would prefer to watch college softball. But again, I'm not watching a ton of college softball. Don't get me wrong. But again, man, whenever I turn it on, I love it. So I'm excited to see it on MLB Network. Give it a bigger platform, college softball. And I really want softball to have, like, its own professional league that really gets popular. Because again, I think on a pure enjoyability factor and watchability it's very very fun and i think a lot of people would like it so uh we need to get college softball bigger and i'm happy that mlb network is going to be airing it now again february 10th we're getting baseball really really early that's what that's one thing i really do like about college season it starts so early uh, I, I i'm craving baseball right now and we're gonna see college softball start and then college baseball eventually start in the next couple of weeks as well so that's gonna be really really exciting so um now let's talk about the seattle mariners they made a trade, another trade with the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox have been a, a very active offseason. And obviously, we have the Dylan Cease trade uh, ahead of us, potentially. Do you know what? One thing I just thought about again, uh, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is still a free agent. Very intrigued. Will he? Uh, he has to get a major league contract. He's got to. Got to. There's. I, it would just be so weird if Tim Anderson um, just sits in free agency. Kind of like Michael Conforto. I know he had an injury, Michael Conforto, but... It, it's just like a really good player that's just like why the hell is he in free agency i mean tim anderson coming off such a bad year but um yeah so seattle mariners get gregory santos um a high-end reliever 24 years old i didn't realize he was 24 i thought he was a I, I didn't think he was that old but gregory santos 24 year old reliever had a really great year last year he's going to the mariners in exchange for freelander baroa baroa I, I don't want to pronounce that name wrong but i probably am zach deloak and a second round pick. We're seeing draft capital get traded in baseball finally. So, so interesting. But I think this is a win-win deal. I'm really, really um, happy for both sides with this trade. And I think the White Sox, like, I, I think the White Sox could turn out to be pretty big winners. Again, I think it's a win-win deal because Gregor Santos is that good, like that good of a young reliever with like, I mean, he's going to be a massive uh, part of the Seattle Mariners already incredible bullpen next year. But the package that they're getting back, the Chicago White Sox, is really, really good. So I'm excited for the White Sox in this trade. But Gregory Santos going over to Seattle. They just traded again Justin Topa over to the Twins in the Jorge Polanco deal. And, and the Mariners are making moves. And I really, really am liking the moves that they're making. Jorge Polanco deal, I love that. It was a trade that needed to happen for this team to extend the lineup and make the lineup a lot better. Significant, I mean, really significantly improving their lineup uh, to what it was. And, and getting Gregory Santos, you're replacing Justin Topa with a 24-year-old who's got some of the best stuff in the entire game, who would have been an incredible year last year with the Chicago White Sox. I think in 60 games, he had like a 3-5 year array. Um, and again, man, he's, he's got 100 mile an hour, uh, a sinker, slider with 91 with crazy just boom. Like he just darts down and in. Like, it, I mean, Gregory Santos is such a fun pitcher to watch. And for him to go over to Seattle, which again is such a great deep bullpen, they develop guys, they're slot. I mean, every single guy in the Mariners bullpen has the best slider in the game. And you add Gregory Santos to Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, Ansaw Cito, Austin Voth, Spires, pretty good. 
like I mean this rota I mean this bullpen we saw what it was last year and, it, and the past two years it's been one of the best in baseball and the way they develop guys so I'm excited to see Gregory Santos go over to Seattle and replacing Justin Topa it wasn't really an area of specific need but to get a guy like him in the package that you gave up where you're giving up a minor leaguer a minor leaguer and a second round pick I like the deal for the Seattle Mariners and they're getting such a great pitcher in Gregory Santos so the Chicago White Sox in return are getting Freelander, Barora, um, Barora, Barora, I don't even fucking know, Zach DeLowak, and I like both of these guys. Um, Freelander uh, is a very, very interesting player, very interesting. He's a guy who's got incredible stuff, and, and both of these guys are actually at the AAA level, so they're very high into it, and they potentially could be on the Chicago White Sox roster. Uh, we might see them in 2024, and they're both guys with very, very high potential. Zach DeLowak, is a really, really good player. A really good player. He put up great numbers in the minors last year. A center fielder, left fielder, right fielder, very athletic guy, incredible pop. And I'm excited to see him get a real opportunity with the Chicago White Sox, where um, I think he potentially could have gotten an opportunity with the Mariners, but you have a lot of guys, Don Canzode, Cade Marlowe, Mitch Hanniger they brought back, obviously J-Rod, Luke Rayleigh in left field. They have a lot of guys that they're going to switch in and out. And I think bringing him to Chicago... Um, I, I think he's good. I think he's really, really good. I'm excited to see Zach uh, in the Chicago White Sox uniform. And then Prelander um, is another guy. Like he, he, he's very unpolished. He walks a lot of guys, but the talent and the stuff that he potentially could be, and he pitched pretty well in the minors last year. Pretty, pretty well. I'm not. He wasn't great. He went through his ups and downs, but I'm excited to see him on the White Sox. I'm excited. I, I, maybe he could be a starter. He pitched. I think he started five games last year, but he pitched 42 out of the bullpen. Like he, he, he didn't start a lot of the time, but. I think um, him him on the White Sox could be good. I'm excited to see um, this move. And I think, again, it's a good move for the Chicago White Sox. Capitalizing on a guy with a lot of value, though he is young. Um, I think getting two guys that potentially could be really part of your group um, and you could develop into, um, I'm, I'm excited. And they also get a second round pick involved. So I like this move for both sides. And yeah, I'm excited to see Greg Santos in the, in the Seattle Mariners uniform. So um, another move that we had, Wandy Peralta is a San Diego Padre. They signed him on a four-year, $16 million contract. And Wandy Peralta, I'm not going to lie to y'all, I'm a little bit sad. I'm a little bit sad. I'm a Yankees fan. I love Wandy Peralta. I really do, man. He's such a great pitcher. He's such a great clubhouse guy. And he was so valuable for the New York Yankees. Their best lefty over the past two years, three years, he was traded from Mike Talkman. Everybody was hating on that deal for the Yankees. Oh my God, you're trading Mike Talkman, who had a good, like, 30 games with the New York Yankees, or I'm, I might have been a little bit more in my talk. He was, he was good on the Yankees, but um, they brought in Wani Peralta and he was just such an X factor and great player for the New York Yankees. The amount of situations he comes into with runners in scoring position and gets out of it. He was incredible with the New York Yankees. Everybody loved him and the Padres are deserving him with a four year, $16 million contract and the Padres completely revamping their bullpen. And I'm really loving it. I'm loving it, man. I fell in love with this team last year. Everybody did. But this team going into next year, I'm falling in love with it again, man. Their bullpen is really, really good. They added so many guys to this bullpen. They added Eniel De Los Santos. They already had Robert Suarez. Yuki Matsui, they signed him out of the MPB. Wusa Go. Wandy Peralta. Tim Musgrove. I love this rotation. I mean, I love this bullpen. And they're starting rotation with Musgrove. Uh, Darvish and King, if those guys are healthy, 
Like this team, I, I really, really like, and I love Wandy Peralta. Again, what he brings um, to a bullpen, I think he's going to be very, very valuable and a very massive part of the San Diego Padres team. I really, really do. The Padres still need a center fielder and a left fielder very badly, very, very badly. So um, we'll see if they go out and get potentially Cody Bellinger. And they, I'm not throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. Go get Cody Bellinger to run center field for y'all. That would actually be, if you get him out of value, which we actually, I, Cody Bellinger, I don't know how the hell he still is not signed. We're in literally February. <laughs> February. And, and Cody Bellinger has still not signed. Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. How would these guys not sign? We're literally two or three weeks away from spring training starting. That's really, really crazy. But um, Cody Bellinger, all we've heard is that he's going to re-sign with his Cubs, but a deal is not actually kind of done yet. So kind of, kind of weird. But now I want to move on to the Dodger Fest. Let's talk about the Dodger Fest, man. All the fests are going on. Twins Fest, Rockies Fest, Yankee, every fest. And I've seen it all over. And I'm not going to lie to you, as a guy who is obsessed with baseball and is always looking at MLB.com, MLB, I'm looking at everything baseball. I, I, I've never seen a sponsorship or anything to actually go to one of these fests. I, I, is this just me? Because, like, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I would go. I probably would not go. But, like, I'm the perfect guy to advertise it to and to see it on – I'd see it anywhere, any platform, any article, any alert, ESPN alert, nothing. I, I, I have not seen any sponsorships for FanFest. But Dodgers Fest happened yesterday. And a lot of stuff, we saw a lot of stuff. We saw Shohei Otani in a Dodgers uniform. We saw him working out in a Dodgers uniform. We saw him talking about everything. We saw Dave Roberts talk about lineup construction. We saw Jason Hayward, Mookie Betts make some comments. Mookie Betts said that the, the Dodgers, every single game they're going to play this year is going to be like the other team's World Series. And, and that's just a crazy comment to hear. That's a crazy thing to hear because it's so true. And, and that's just, it's just going to be electric and it's going to be so fun to watch on a daily basis as a guy who's obsessed with baseball every single day watching it. Um, the Dodgers are just going to be a team that's going to be so fun to watch the atmosphere, the team, the roster and everything, how it plays out in 2024. So Dave Roberts came out with a quote and he said, Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts said he has not thought about it too much. Um, talking about the lineup construction of Mookie Betts, Otani and Freddie Freeman. And, but he's looking forward to deciding how he'll line up his three MVPs in Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Shohei Otani. When Roberts polled the fans, um, however, the people in attendance voted on having Betts, Otani, and Freddie Freeman in that order. So Mookie Betts leading off, Shohei Otani batting second, and Freddie Freeman batting third. And the fans got it right. The fans got it right. If it is not that order with Betts, Otani, Freeman, you're wrong, Dave Roberts. And I'm a guy who's obsessed with line of construction. Um, and I'm honestly, for being honest, I'm the end all be all when it says line of construction. I don't know why I care so much about line of construction, but that has got to be the order. There's no reason why Otani should be batting third. Freddie Freeman's the best guy you could possibly have, maybe in all baseball with runners in scoring position. Otani's a guy that's faster as well. You have him in front of Freddie Freeman, who's fast, he's got power. Um, but regardless, man, that, that top three, when it's healthy is going to be so fucking fun to watch. And also another big thing, which actually the biggest thing that probably came out of it is that Shohei Otani is very confident. He'll be ready to DH on opening day in Korea versus the San Diego Padres, which is great, man. His rehab is going well, second, um, elbow surgery of his career. And he says that he continues to progress from the injury. He's very confident. He'll be the team's designated hitter. Uh, on March 24th, they're right on schedule. We're not ahead. We're not behind. We're right on schedule. As long as there are no setbacks going forward, 
I will be ready. So, so exciting, man. We're going to see Shohei Otani in Korea um, coming back from the elbow surgery. So that's really all I had to say about the Dodgers Fest, man. But again, um, have you guys ever been to any of these fests? Because I've, again, never heard how do I get tickets to go to these fests because they honestly look really cool. Even the Rockies Fest. Like, I mean, the Colorado Rockies, the most sad franchise at this current moment, in my opinion, in all baseball, I think even the A's have something to look for. Like, really, I did a few young guys. Um, they potentially could be moving. Well, it's not a good thing. That I don't know. But I, I, in my opinion, the A's are a little bit more exciting than the Rockies, where I feel like the Rockies have genuinely no future in the next five years. Like, I don't see a world in the next three years, actually, I'll say, where they this team makes a playoff. So, but Rockies just look cool, man. You have Chris Bryant talking. Um, you had Kyle Freeland uh, having an update or I don't fucking know, but, but it, it just seemed actually kind of cool to go to. And it's something that I would definitely want to go to if I was given the opportunity. So, um, yeah, so MLB Reddit questions, MLB related questions. I went on Reddit, I scoured the internet and I've honestly, I, I don't really go on Reddit that much, but the Reddit baseball feed actually looks really, really cool. So I'm actually going to be more in tune with Reddit. And also I actually just reinstalled Twitter on my phone. Um, which hopefully it doesn't turn out to be a bad idea. Um, the only reason I uninstalled it is because I was on it too much and I just need to, I, I'm trying to lower my screen time on my phone. So I just deleted Twitter, but I'm going to be back on Twitter. So go follow my Twitter. And um, I found four questions. We're going to be talking about it, debating about it. And let's get straight into it. So the first question that I found is, do you think the World Series should be simulcasted on a kid-friendly network such as Nickelodeon with the NFL doing the Super Bowl this year, which I did not know is going to be on Nickelodeon with a alternate cast, which is crazy. Like the, the Super Bowl, if someone 10 years ago told you, yeah, in 10 years, the Super Bowl is going to be on Nickelodeon. You can watch that shit on Nickelodeon. We're SpongeBob. Ba, 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 da. Yeah. Henry Danger. Like what? That is, that is crazy. But do you think the World Series should be simulcasted on this kid-friendly network? Should the MLB do something very similar to the NFL? Which I think the NFL, honestly, it's been pretty successful. I, I do. I think the the uh, people talk about it. People talk about it a lot. It gets the people going, stirs up to, like, like everybody, every NFL fan knows about the Nickelodeon simulcast. So I think it does, um, in that sense, be successful. So um, should the MLB do it? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a clean no. I'm going to say clean though, though I think it would be cool. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a massive fan of the Nickelodeon. When a lot of people hate it, despise it, I, I find the slime cool. I find the broadcasters are iffy. They're very iffy. I love that they give the MVP, the Nickelodeon most valuable player every single year. And then they they slime the the, the MVP. It's really, really cool in my opinion. I, I do enjoy it. But um, should the World Series do it? I, I don't really see a reason why. I don't, I don't think it would be that successful. Um, I mean, maybe it would, maybe it would, maybe it could potentially bring in some people into the game of baseball, but I'm going to be honest with you. These kids nowadays, if you're six or seven years old, which is what you're targeting to bring these younger fans into the game of baseball, um, they're not going to be interested in baseball because if you're watching Nickelodeon, you were watching for highly edited popping, like boom, 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 everything nowadays. You need dopamine, you need all this and baseball is the least dopamine thing you could ever, it's so, I mean, I mean, it's, I, it's not as slow as it once was, but it's baseball. You have the pitcher, you have, I mean, it, I just don't think it would fit for these kids. And I don't think they would be really gravitated toward it, towards it, unless they already are interested in it and just go watch it on Fox. So I don't think they should do it, but it would be kind of cool to see. It would be cool and exciting, at least for me to see it um, and see how it would be executed by the MLB. So 
Number two, the second question we got is the Arizona Diamondbacks, the San Diego Padres, and the Colorado Rockies do not have a TV deal as of right now. Where should they go? Where should they go? The MLB over the past year has had a lot of issues. The, the Padres last year, I think it was like middle of the year, Bali Sports got completely taken off of the Padres network and they went over to the MLB and the, the MLB owned the exclusive rights. So uh, all the Padres fans, at least, especially across the world, got Padres games for free on MLB TV because I think every single Padres game was free on MLB TV. And so these teams still do not have a TV deal yet. Where should they go? And I think they should go to the MLB. I think the MLB should exclusively own these three teams, at least for the 2024 season. And I think it's really, really good. I really enjoyed having the Padres on the MLB Network. First of all, the score bug is incredible, immaculate. I loved it, loved it, loved it so much. Also, the Padres broadcast is very, very good. But um, I, I like having that MLB exclusively owned. I don't think it's really a problem. Um, and again, I think a lot of people, it makes it easier for a lot of fans to access it. And a lot of people enjoy it. So I think having them on MLB exclusively, MLB TV, um, and the MLB baseball had an exclusive ownership of these three teams, I think would be really good for baseball. And I think, again, a lot of people would enjoy it. So that's my opinion. Um, potentially, um, it, I was thinking I was thinking some networks. I mean, I really don't know a lot of the local networks that potentially could be. Uh, I know I know the Rockies have uh, AT&T Southwest or some shit like that. But um, like MLB Network to, I mean, MLB Network is MLB. So that's, I guess, the same thing. Or, um, like, I don't know, I want to get, like, a Fox ownership, or, like, TBS, or TNT, or ESPN, imagine ESPN, I don't even know, I don't even know how any of this shit would work, all I know is that Amazon Prime do not fucking exclusively own any of these teams, I swear to God, if the San Diego Padres, the, I mean, imagine you're trying to watch Fernando Tatis Jr., MVP season 2024, and, oh, I have to watch it on Amazon Prime, even though I already have, I'm paying $130 for the entire season for MLB TV, no, you got to go exclusively on Amazon Prime just to watch a basic uh, San Diego Padres game. This is no primetime game, just regular San Diego Padres baseball. I would be very, very pissed, very, very pissed. So Amazon Prime, we do not need to indulge in this. I think they already are the exclusive ownership of, I think, the Marlins um, and a few other teams going into next year. I think the Brewers as well. So the third question that we got, who do you predict will have the next 1,200 OPS for a full major league season. Who's going to be the next guy to do it? I think the last guy to do it that was not Barry Bonds or Mark McGuire in the steroid era was Jeff Bagwell in 1994, I think it was. I, that could be wrong. That's just off the top of the head, but it hasn't been done a lot. It just, it just hasn't outside of the steroid ever. So who could it possibly be? Now, Aaron Judge had a historic 2022 season, 62 home runs, one of the most dominant hitting seasons of all time, really. And Aaron Judge had a 1.111 OPS. So that's just that's just for reference. So somebody's going to have to significantly outperform what Aaron Judge did in 2022, which it's, it's going to be really, really hard to do. So will this happen? I really don't think it will, considering hitting is getting significantly harder. These pitchers are incredible. And it's just it's just it's just hard. I mean, you got to hit so many home runs, get walked a ton. You just have to be the perfect player. And even then, I mean, every single night, it's going to be up to the consistency, consistency that you would have to have. So who possibly could it be? I think Aaron Judge is a really good option to have 
Juan Soto is a good option to have considering he walks so much. If he could put up a 55-60 home run season, which is probably what it's going to have to take, um, and he walks as much as he does and gets a good, a solid average, um, Juan Soto I think is also a really, really good choice. Outside of that, though, I mean, Jordan Alvarez, he's a, a dominant, dominant hitter, but I don't even really see Jordan do I mean, Jordan would have to put up like 65 home runs. It would have to be like, I mean, 65 plus, I mean, crazy average. I mean, Jordan's got the capabilities of doing it. And I think he's a top two, top three hitter uh, easily in the entire game. Really, I don't think it should be a debate, but um, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. But I would love to hear your guys' opinion. We have so many, so many talented guys like Acuna, Betts, Otani, Freddie Freeman, all these guys, like they have the capabilities to do it. Bryce Harper, I think, does. Um, there, there's a lot of guys. There's so many, so many guys. Julio Rodriguez continues to progress. I mean, I don't really see it happening, but I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Did I forget anybody? And who possibly could it be to put up a 1,200 OPS in a full season, in a full season for 2020, um, or I'm sorry, just the next like 20, 10, 10, 20 years. So um, the fourth question that we got, and the final question we got is what stat slash stat line from last year do you find the most impressive? Shout out to reddit.baseball and let's get shared. We're, gonna, we're, we're just going to read the comments on this one. So Miles Straw, hit a home run. I'm pretty sure that was the most unpredictable stat of the year with 61 up. <laughs> um, that, that's pretty funny. That honestly, that's pretty funny. That's I'm Miles Straw. <laughs> like, I like there's some guys where I'm like, I know Miles Straw is a good defender, very good defender. I, I actually in center field and he's got speed, but like how in the world is Miles Straw in the big leagues? Like I, I'm genuinely wondering how is he in the big leagues? <laughs> It's just it's just one of those things. Um, Julio's 17 hits in four games was absurd. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez, I think it was like June or July. Um, he started off the year struggling, but that that stretch, that entire month actually in June, I think it was June or July again, um, was in insane, like genuinely insane. It was incredible. Um, I remember I was just like tuning in to like a Mariners game randomly just to watch Julio because he was on in like an all-time stretch. Uh, that was that was really, really incredible. The thing that I think is even more absurd is that he put up a 1.1 war in just that week. Oh my goodness. I did not really. Oh, it was in August. On August 15th, he was hitting this. A week later, he was a seven. Like, that's crazy. I mean, I, again, I don't know if the stats are exactly right, but wow. I mean, I, I, his month was that crazy. His week actually um, was, was one of the best I've ever seen. So they're just continuing to talk about it. I mean, that was pretty crazy. The Padres record in extra innings, dude, the Padres were so bad at the end of games last year. <laughs> they were so bad. Um, that is pretty crazy. Impressive is one word for it, I guess. Lol. BBR Taro is, 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 is dropping the facts. So Royce Lewis had some crazy stretches in September. He actually did, man. Royce Lewis had a crazy end to the year last year. He had a two-game span where he went six for nine with two homers, 10 ribbies, and four runs scored. Then later on, had a three-game span where he went five for 10, two homers, seven ribbies, four runs, and five walks. Royce Lewis, incredible. Shout out to T. Ratty, 91. Similar, similarly, Josh Miller had that amazing series against the Angels. Three-game series where they go ahead home run after the seventh inning in every game. You know, it's funny, man. I, I do not remember that. I do not remember that at all. Josh Miller had a really great year last year, but it said turned his entire season around. Coming into that series, he had three homers in 33 games with a 548 OPS. So this was obviously um, probably, I think, mid-May that this happened. But yeah, Josh Miller turned, I guess it potentially could have turned his series around. Started feeling good. Um, Had some big moments. And you know Josh Miller, when he gets 
uh, in a in a big moment situation. He he's getting hyped, man. He'll smash his head on fucking anything. It's got to be showing. It's impossible not to overstate how impressive he really is. A hundred and fucking ten percent. I oh I, yo Reddit. Why is Reddit actually not that? Like normally, like these social media things, every single comment is like hate, but all of these comments are positive, like praising and providing actual um valuable information so shout out to shout out to this reddit feed man it's really really good but yeah Shohei Otani I've said it so many fucking times 2021 to 2023 him playing almost every single game 150 games 159 games 158 games like I mean he obviously missed the last month or two last year but still like 130 games and what he was doing when he was healthy was by far and away the best ever like ever we've ever seen in baseball um, the fact that he did it for three years, consistently playing every single day is, is just one of the best things of all time. And it's something that we're never going to see at least in the next hundred years, really. So shout out to Otani being the best player of all time and that complete game shout out in game one. And then, and then in 30 minute intermission, it hits two bombs in game two. Um, oh my God. I, I and you know, it's funny, man. I remember I wanted to make a TikTok before that game because I, I don't know why. It was like middle of the summer. I was doing nothing that day. And I, I was watching that game. So I saw Tigers, Angels. I saw Shohei Otani. Let me go tune in. Obviously, Shohei Otani. And I saw him completely decimate the Detroit Tigers lineup in game number one. Incredible. I think 110 pitches. And then game number two, um, he obviously had two homers. But I wanted to make a prediction video before I watched that game. I just had a feeling. And Shohei Otani is going to throw a perfect game. Now, did he throw a perfect game? No, but he did something possibly even more impressive um, in that whole day span, having the best day of baseball in the history of the sport. So I think that's a good way to end it. Um, shout out to Reddit again, man. I'm actually going to probably go on Reddit more after that. That was a really, really cool segment. So the final segment of the podcast, as always, as always, if you made it this far, you're at the best part of the podcast. It's the question of the day. Drum roll, please. We actually need to get an intro segment. I need to figure out like a like a segment, like question of the day, like, and then get some music. We obviously have the intro music and the video coming up. I'm so excited. It's going to be so cool. I'm telling y'all it's going to be so cool. The rebrand of this whole thing. Is, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So with the question of the day today. On February 4th, 2024, you're probably seeing this. I'm posting this on February 5th, 2024. Do you think height matters in baseball? This is a purely opinionated question because statistically wise, does height matter? Actually, I don't even know. But like in your opinion, does height matter in baseball and does it affect in baseball? Now, I think you could argue both sides to this. Does height matter? Like, Will height hold you back in playing baseball? No, you could still be, I think, a very, I mean, obviously, we have Jose Altuve. You could be a very elite baseball player. You're still short, 5'6", five, 5'5", five, 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 You could still be very, very good, specifically as a position player. It's very it's harder as a pitcher, but it's still possible. Marcus Stroman is not that tall. Really, really short, actually. So, but you could also argue that, like, hypothetically, you're in high school and your height's not that tall. It's going to be harder comparatively if you're six foot two to get bigger and getting big and getting muscle is really massive, especially in taking that jump uh, to the college level and then eventually to the big league level. So I think you could argue both sides in that, but I think it a hundred percent is, is it, it, that's why I love baseball, uh, especially as a shorter guy, <laughs> definitely a shorter guy um, that baseball, you really can play it at a, a shorter size and still be very, very effective. Uh, compared to a lot of other sports. So do you think height matters in baseball? Um, my final answer is going to be, it does matter, but it won't hold you back. You can still 
um easily make it to the big leagues even though you are shorter but it, it i think it does make it harder uh comparably if you're a six foot four super athletic beast out in the outfield compared to a five foot seven guy who is very athletic but he doesn't get as strong and he's he just doesn't have the length and the size and the and the potential that the the, the power just everything that the six four four guy can still have, but I think that still again a five foot seven guy can easily make the big leagues and be a very contributing player. So yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting discussion, man. But I love seeing the short kings in baseball. I really really do. Shout out to Nick Madrigal. I want to give a quick shout out, man. I still love him. I still think he's a good player. I do, man. I want to see him get a full shot. He was a top prospect, top pick in the draft. Um, I want I want to see him be contributing in the baseball. So that's gonna wrap up. Uh, episode number 12 of this show, man. If you did enjoy it, if you made it this far, I, I really do. I really appreciate you a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. We love baseball around here. And again, I'm so excited for the future of this show. I'm going to continue to grind and, and get this better. Really just continue to get better talking in front of the camera, talking about baseball, getting different topics, getting different guests on the show. So everything's going to get, continue to get better. And um, I'd appreciate it if you leave a like, subscribe. We're trying to get monetized. Uh, we need five. We need 500 subscribers. We only have 181 subscribers at this current moment. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, leave us a five star uh, rating and review if you possibly could. And yeah, I, I enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> and and we need we need like a, have a legit like outro. Um, I'll see y'all in the next one. Hey, okay, no, no, we cannot. We can, we can't on that. We cannot end on that. Um. I'll end off with the fact of the day. Um, you learn something new every single day. And um, I'm actually a super weenie hut. Why can't you see that? Um, there you go. Weenie hut juniors lifetime member. That's me. That's me. Um, that's good. That, that, that's it. Yeah. So yeah.